You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. You know, someone should really bottle this. Youthful vitality. <laughs> it's not vitality. It's desperation. Look at them. They all dance as if Father Time were shooting bullets at them. Which, I suppose, he is. <laughs> Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. I love it when you beat me to it, and then you give me this smug little smile. Like, mm-hmm. I said welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. It's time for a Forever Night episode. Forever Night, Season 1, Episode 18, If Looks Could Kill. 18 out of what? 18 out of um, 22. I think almost it's 22. There. It's so close. We're almost back to La Croix. And season two is the best season. I'm going to go on record. Season one hasn't been bad. It's been nice to go through it because I often am like, meh, season one. Because production quality wise, we're going to get a big upgrade between season one and season two. Um, notwithstanding the fact that we're getting Nigel Bennett back. So I haven't... We get a cast upgrade. Yeah, we get a cast upgrade. So I haven't necessarily watched season one with the regularity with which I watched season two. So it's been nice to visit it, to, to live here for a couple of months. Yeah. This was a... Okay. So there was some themes, some heavier themes in this episode, but yeah, overall... this one went a little deeper. Nick is an extremely jovial character in this episode. We just came off an episode where he was, it was a pretty heavy episode for Nick because it was dealing with themes of addiction and betrayal and... Right, that was more, um, where did I go? Uh, emotionally deep. Yeah. This one's a little more philosophically deep. Well, I think Nick... The people around Nick in this episode are all wrestling with very deep, very deep-seated insecurities and issues. And Nick is, on the whole, if only the lonely taught us anything, extremely oblivious to what women are feeling. That's that's true. So I'm not sure he is as dialed in as the viewer uh, when it comes to what these women are going through in this episode. But before we get any farther, hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. open on our crime. I know everybody's surprised. This is a really big uh, change in our usual theme and setup. Not, not at all. This is exactly how we usually start. Um, but we started a cosmetic counter this time and we've got the, it sounds like the opening chords from Black Rose, a very kind of dark, seductive 70s 
synthesizer music is playing over these women delicately selecting shades of lipstick and blush and whatnot. I've never actually shopped for makeup at a cosmetic counter before. And, and in my nightmare situation with an aggressively friendly Oh wow. We have employee. a lot we have a lot Ooh. of dated employee 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 customer interactions in this entire episode and this is one of them i'm for glad sure. this culture is gone i'm not sure it is or if i've just never shopped at a cosmetic um, counter although i think if anyone ever said to me you need to you know you might want to think about buying that makeup because before you know it bam you're old you shit. think you look young and pretty and shit's gotten saggy oh, i'm sorry what what this woman isn't even wearing a name badge, probably because she keeps insulting people into buying stuff. It, I'd shoot her too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was like a serious joke. I would. I don't even own a gun, <laughs> but I can understand the level of aggression. Let's put it that way. That Norma Dean feels. This is Norma Dean, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we're dealing with three women in this episode, and they all have fairly. What I, I think we're supposed to assume are older names. And this woman is talking to the lady at the cosmetic counter, and all of a sudden, things start going really weird. Like um, when you get drunk in a video game. Yeah, like when you get drunk. I was going to say, like, <laughs> when you eat a pufferfish in Minecraft, or when I used to play Fable, if you drank too much wine. Yeah, or The Witcher. Yeah, Same this is thing. what would happen. Uh, it goes a little, um, because something's happening. We don't know what it is. Um, and she starts to walk off with this blush. So she walks off with this powder that she has picked up, which is called Sweet Youth Virgin Blush. That's the name of this cosmetic color that she's picked. And the cosmetic counter lady, after wildly insulting her, is like, hey, why are you leaving? <laughs> you can't take that. You have to pay for it. And she's like, I already have paid for it. In so many ways. In so many ways. And then and she here's another aspect of retail culture that has mostly gone away which is the employees trying to like defend the business from theft yes yeah <laughs> yeah now they just be like let them, just let them take it right even okay. even the lost loss prevention yeah just flag them for later or whatever their job is to just catalog it collect information pass that on to police the security guards don't actually shoot people anymore yeah yeah, no, they don't. So funny story. My sister is deaf, um, which I discussed this with her the other day after hearing somebody avoid saying the word deaf in a podcast. And she stated that the preferred term is still deaf. So I'm going to go with deaf. Um, she's deaf. And she was leaving an apartment store and she set off the alarm. But since the alarm was audible. Only. Only. She didn't know she'd set the alarm off and she got tackled in the parking lot. Because they thought she had taken something. She hadn't taken anything. <laughs> Can you imagine that happening now? Yeah. Yeah, this was years ago. That was years ago. Um, so that's not exactly what happens. It's a little bit more dramatic because this woman pulls out a weapon and shoots the lady behind the counter. Um, she's not behind the counter. She's like right. trying she to get the blush to, from her. Yeah. To confront she, her. About she's stealing. risking her life for this fourteen ninety nine blush. And this lady shoots her. Norma Dean shoots her. And then in turn gets shot by a security guard who, I have to say, his shooting stance is um, life goals. I mean, he like slides in from the side and he's hey, almost the, in a complete split. 
the hands directly in front of you, yeah. centered. Feet five feet apart. With feet widespread, knees bent, like leaning forward into the gun. Yeah. That is proper shooting technique for right. a pistol. I, at a certain width, yes. But this guy was like, he was going for the gymnastics vault championship. He was really. Yeah, he was he, a little yeah. extra, extra wide. Anyway, he ends up shooting her and killing her, which is unfortunate. Um, clearly nobody told. Well, he didn't hit the center mass. He hit her in like the lower abdomen. Yeah. Um, but it's enough to dispatch poor Norma Dean. And then we cut to the cops have arrived on scene. And even though and it's pretty Nick much... Nick is a, rifling through the contents of her purse with right, his hands. Right. Even though this is sort of a cut and dry, we're not really investigating what happened necessarily because we know who shot the clerk and we know who shot the customer. So there's not really a mystery. We don't need to detect anything. But Skanky and Nick are here. And Nick is um, going through evidence barehanded, which at this you point, know, eh, the, you know, it's fine. He's just dumping it out on the on the cosmetic counter. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, alone, unsupervised. And Skanky gets his uh, typical yeah. insensitive remark yeah, Skanky about gets, the contents of a woman's Well, purse. you know, he has a, to Skanky's credit, what he's trying to say is, I never asked Myra to try to be more than she is. She does that to herself. I'm not a part of that. He's like, like I asked to have a woman who goes to bed in sauna pants and curlers. <laughs> like I asked to sit in the in the garage and eat my pizza all by myself because she doesn't want to eat it. And Nick is like, well, I think what made this woman snap is just the sheer amount of product in her purse that is designed to fight aging. She has diet pills. She has makeup. She has all kinds of stuff in her purse. And Skanky even gets the line about, um, you know, going through the contents of a woman's purse is no walk in the park. He's like, I still have nightmares about Myra's curling iron with spikes in it. Which, I mean, same. Is that a thing? I don't know. My hair is like two inches long. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of thing actually existed. But. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. rich, though, because Nick goes on to say, why do you think they do it, Skanky? Like, he didn't become an actual monster to stay young forever. <laughs> Although, in Nick's defense, when Jeanette was uh, persuading him. Persuading him, yes. There was no talk about immortality. No. She it, just wanted him. She was trying to go she for She was it. selling something completely different, which is how most sales tactics go. Yeah. I don't think she was selling much of anything because it was all metaphorical. It was like, let my darkness swallow your light. And he's like, you swallow whatever you want. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> he was not listening. He was not listening. No, he, he was hearing the sales pitch. Yeah. Which was mostly nonverbal. It's in keeping with Nick's total inability to interpret what women are saying between the lines. He's a very face value person. A monster or whatever. And... All of these women are not face value around him, and he is out of his depth immediately. Even 800 years in, he hasn't figured out the nuances of um, the feminine mystique. It's not for Nick, okay? Uh, he's just too, um, too surf. He's too much about all the surface. I mean, not about the surface, like what he looks like, but about like, I think Nick is always genuine in his interactions, clearly, because he doesn't even attempt to hide what he is. And so he just assumes everyone else is genuine in their interactions as well. And we get that a lot in this episode, where he's really just trying to be a nice guy. 
And these people are going through a lot. And he's really not, he's picking it up to the extent that he continues investigating this. But he's not picking it up to the point where he's capable of seeing the sheer depth of what they're experiencing. But Skanky gets his moment of levity. He's marginally our comic relief, which as he usually is. But he is... He's redirecting us in moments when things are getting too tough. And he's also redirecting us in moments when we need to state a theme, like right now. Because he turns around and he sees a picture of a model. And he's like, oh, my God, I love her. I worship her. It's too bad this is just a headshot because her body is fabulous. He's like, I just, she's so perfect. And Natalie's like, yeah, that woman is 15 years old. She has one killer body. I mean, I worship this woman. That woman is 15 years old. The paramedics just called from the hospital. Yeah. And to his credit, Skanky looks horrified. Yep. It's like, oh, shit. It's the most woke he's been this season. This is a child. Oh, my God. And Natalie says, you know, cashing in on youth is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Because you could look like that. Well, you can't because you're not 15 years old. But right. we want that dewy, youthful, smooth... Your skin's not old enough to look like you've lived in it yet. And then we get our first flashback. Because Nick is like, oh, yeah, I knew a woman who liked to be young one time. <laughs> Let me flashback. That was, oh, I don't know, like 200 years ago, as opposed to literally, like, Natalie. Anybody he's interacted with right. has made comments about being young forever. But he's like, no, that one woman, she stuck with me. And that was the Baroness. Which we see her in the past, and then spoiler alert, we're going to see her again. And with her hair down, she's far prettier. This wig is not doing her any favors that they've got her in. In the, yeah, in the flashbacks. As usual, they have turned it out for this flashback. Nick's outfit is fabulous. Her dress is beautiful. Everybody looks amazing. But she does look better in the present. And Nick looks really, really young in this flashback. I don't know if it's because he has a general air of amusement in this entire episode. Yes, he's just peppy. He's peppy. He just feels extremely young in every part of this episode, this whole episode. And yeah, I think it's because he's, he. we're not getting the sense of the weight of the years that he's carried in this episode like we do in some of the others. Uh, maybe because he, he's interacting with almost exclusively women, which is really what he he likes best. <laughs> so he's having yeah. a really good time. Skanky even asks Nick, uh, what's his secret? How do you stay looking so young? And Nick's like, well, you know, fresh blood. Lots and lots of fresh blood. <laughs> That's what's in my he's freezer, Skanky. Which at this point, my, my fan theory has evolved into absolutely yes. Skanky knows exactly what Nick is. And... Every time he asks Nick these leading questions, he is just providing Nick a chance to tell him himself so that Skanky doesn't need to out him. He's just letting him know that he recognizes what Nick does and that he accepts him anyway, um, even if he doesn't want to come out about it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going with, because there are moments in this episode where Skanky, any reasonable person should recognize that Nick is doing something inhuman. Right. And Skanky's just like, that's our boy. <laughs> He's totally unconcerned about it. But Natalie, um, we get our first hint that something is up. Something hinky is up with Norma Dean. 
And that's when Natalie goes to put the tag back on because it's fallen off of her toe. And when she unzips it, Norma Dean looks significantly older than when she went in the bag. What? <gasps> oh, man. And must can I say, skanky sideburns are getting... They're getting nice. They're getting mutton choppy. We've gone from sideburn to mutton oh, yeah. chop. We have we have reached We've definitely the, crossed that threshold. That, that very fine and, but, but crucial line. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to notify. Hang on. Roommate. Yeah, they go to notify the roommate, which the exterior that we use is the same exterior from last act. This is our exterior, the residential, generic residential home exterior. Apartment, this exterior. House, this exterior. Doesn't matter. We love this exterior. They set up this camera. They got the perfect shot. They didn't want to waste it. So we've used it like four times. And when we go in, it's no correlation to what it would have looked like from the outside because it's like a two-story apartment. Right. The windows don't match. With giant windows. Yeah. It's a two-story apartment with giant windows. And they go in and Skanky's like, huh. Nice decorating job. I don't know whether I'm in a sorority house, a gym, or a museum. Sure is eclectic. Yeah. Kind of reminds you. Looks like your apartment, Nick. Nick's like, mm hmm. Yeah. Kind of. And then we get the hot pants roommate, Kiki is her name. Oh, we never see her again. But she comes down. She's like, I guess you guys aren't the Stairmaster repairmen. <laughs> <laughs> um, because. They're there to notify her because turns out Norma Dean doesn't have any family. She has this roommate and then she has her employer, which is where they go next. Um, but she doesn't have any immediate family that they can talk to. And so Nick and Skanky leave from there and Skanky really doesn't understand why they're going. Yeah. Skanky's like, this is like the most cut and dry case we've ever had. Yeah. Why are we putting so much work into what, this what, what 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 are we doing what are we really doing here nick nick's like what do you mean what are we really doing here and he's like you've got a bug up your butt and i know you do i can see it this is just like that time that stone tree wanted to book the church hall for the policeman's raffle and you wouldn't let him according to kiki your employer's the closest thing to family she got yeah but it's something else too you're on a mission about something a mission yeah like the time you wouldn't let stone tree book the church hall for the policeman's raffle i guess i do feel a little sorry you're like, ah, we know why. That's another thing where Skanky was like, I see what you did there, Nick. Just letting you know, I see you. <laughs> you are seen. You are seen. He's pretty much like, we told Kiki, let's just let Kiki do all the dirty work from here on out. And Nick's like, well, technically, it's our job to notify the family. And Kiki said that her boss was the closest thing that Norma Dean had to family. So... We're going to do it and just shut up and quit, quit bugging me about it. Skanky says he has the look. <laughs> Which I love He's their bromance. The I love their bromance. They, they're them together, their chemistry together. I, I mean, Nick has his women on the side. That's fine. I love Jeanette. I love Natalie. I like those characters so much. But if Skanky and Nick had not been able to nail it like they nail it every single episode, this is not as watchable of a show as it is because right. the vampire element is part of it. But we'll go whole episodes without having vampire stuff in it, which is this, this is one of them. We see a little bit of Nick doing vampy stuff, but not he a run, ton. He runs out and flies one time. Yeah. We don't get a lot of, we don't get Fang. We don't get him brutally walking around with a bottle of blood. Certainly there's no satin, black satin or anything in this episode. So 
this is what gets us through these episodes, is this interaction and the tension of knowing that Skanky is with this guy all the time. And Nick has got to keep him from finding out, but he's not very good at that. (laughs) Well, he could be good at it, but he's not even trying. Yeah, I really just don't think he cares. And Skanky doesn't understand why he feels for Norma Dean the way he does. And I don't think Nick knows why he feels like this either. I think he's just, you know, maybe they've had a couple of hard days. They just did the whole AA thing where they completely undermined this entire organization's anonymity thing. And I I think Skanky is a little more resistant than usual because he's pulling a double shift. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, Nick won't let him go home. He's like, well, I've already been on shift all day. I'm going to go home. And Nick's like, oh, come on, man. Which is a nice 180 from he didn't want Skanky to be his partner at all to literally making Skanky stay up for like 24 hours so that Nick won't be alone. (laughs) He's like, but man, I'm lonely. We could ride in the caddy. So I wonder if, if Skanky is scheduled to work the next day. Does he have to work like a triple shift? How does Skanky, or does he get the day off? How do the they next get day? the approval for all the overtime? Don't they have to get approval for all this overtime? It must be their close rates. Maybe they just close so many cases. Stone Tree's like, whatever. Well, I don't know how. I don't. I don't know I don't what you're get doing. In the way of this, you just do it. Okay, it's it's fine. It's fine. Except Nick, you're not really allergic to something, are you? <laughs> 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 but they go to the gym. Because that's where Narmadine works. It's worked. like a fitness it's like a spa. spa. Thing. They have a plastic surgeon on staff. They have mud wraps. This is a high end gym in the 90s. You can tell because everybody is wearing their leotards with belts. That means you're serious. And coordinating sweatbands. A sweatband that matches your belt. Key, key. And they walk in and Skanky's like, well, I say we question every single one of them. <laughs> oh, Skanky. Oh, Skanky. And then he has a really inappropriate comment about Myra. He's like, Myra in a mud wrap. Ships ahoy. Skanky. Dude. I know that woman puts up with shit with from shit. I know that woman puts up with your shit. You need to be kind because I don't know anybody else who would. And then... um, Nick's like, oh, a really hot guy walks by, like a hunky dude, a uh, himbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sure Myra wouldn't, wouldn't like it? He's here? like, well, maybe Naira would like it here. And Skanky's like, well, I think I like her just the way she is. Because <laughs> uh, Skanky, it's not like you're a um, catch. Well, I mean, you're a mental and a sometimes emotional catch, but physically, not not that guy. I don't know. I, like I don't it. know. Sideburns are. I like a dad bod. Almost there. Clearly, I like a dad bod. It's a father figure. <laughs> <laughs> but the name of her boss is Bernice. We have Norma Dean and Bernice now. Bernice Applebaum, in fact. And she's teaching a class when they get there, but they have time to talk to her. And they tell her, you know, Norma Dean. There was shit went down. They're they're better at this news breakdown than they are at the one in uh, Spin Doctor. That's that's not saying much. (laughs) The one where they were like, so you know, you had a boyfriend, and he um he was taking a bath, and uh, 
maybe there was kind of an accident that one where they were like yeah. not just not coming out to tell her but they're like yeah she was um shopping and she shot somebody and then she got shot and now she's dead and bernice is like whoa holy shit what and so they take her down to the precinct and in the meantime natalie is prepping for an autopsy and when she pulls norma dean out norma dean is old like really old and all of her teeth are gone for some reason she clearly has like you know when you have dentures and you take the dentures out and you can close your mouth too far mm. and you get that weird line that's what this woman looks like where did her teeth go okay sorry i'm sorry because <laughs> i know she aged rapidly but that doesn't mean that her teeth decayed which is not a natural aging process it's a Food decay process. Anyway, questions for the ages. And back at the gym. This is our second dated interaction. Because as they're leaving with Bernice, there's a woman who's working out. And she gets oh the same boy. This trainer. drunk vision thing. And what the actual fuck is up with this personal trainer? Because she tries to get up. And he's like, you can't leave. Okay. Come on. No, I'm like, that's enough for today. Oh, what? You want to quit, huh? You want to get fat and ugly, too? Where do you think you're going? Take your hand off me. I said we're done. I don't feel like it anymore, okay? What is it this time? You got a headache? Come on, one more rep. Your hips will thank me. No! You, you got to finish your reps. M maybe, She's like, look, I'm maybe done. Maybe he's I don't the founder good. of CrossFit. I love how That's much exactly what happens at CrossFit. You know how Murderbot feels about comfort units? That's how Matt feels about CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> judgy, judgy, judgy. But this guy is like, come on, you need to do a couple more squats. What do you want to get fat and ugly? I'm sorry. Do one, what do, did you do just say? Do one more say? rep. Your hips will thank you. Your hips you. will thank me. So I am of the opinion that when she smacks this man in the head with a dumbbell. She this is, is completely justified. This is fucking self-defense. She didn't attack anybody. He grabbed her by the arm. He, no. Okay. Then he picked her up and he carried her. Yeah. He appropriated the Nick arm grab, which Nick is now, you know, he is owed some money because that is a trademark Nick arm grab but nick has never patented the grab you around the waist and haul you bodily back and throw you onto the the like workout the bench yeah. i'm what if that happened to me at a gym that gym would be closing soon <laughs> just like the rain of fire that if i just can't i, I i'm like at angry thinking about it Right. I, I'm all it's fine. You want to go work out. You want to be your best self. Absolutely. Is your best self the person sitting watching forever night every other night so you can have a podcast about it? Fuck. Yeah, do it. I don't care. But absolutely no man should grab you, take you back, throw you on the machine and tell you if you don't do that, you're going to be fat and ugly. That's not motivation. That's horrific. That's bullying. Right. Even in the 90s, that was outrageous. I hope. I really hope that was outrageous in the 90s. And if not, you know what? So we, we don't remember the evil that people do. We don't remember the bad things that happened in the 90s. AIDS crisis. The 90s is a fucked up decade, right? We love these television shows. They're great. I'm not saying they're not. But it's like the 1940s and the 1950s. No, I don't want to go back to that. Women died in childbirth. Like, all the time. I, my Some of my friends and I couldn't have eaten at the same restaurant. Couldn't have used the same water fountain. No, I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, the dresses are fucking awesome. 
It's fine. I can, you can hold both of these things in your head at the same time and it's perfectly okay. You just don't want to obscure the fact that there is no rosy, there's no rosy decade that had no negatives to it. That's a lot of pontificating about this really awful trainer. But what I'm saying is this shit's fucked up. She should never have been arrested for this because he had that fucking coming. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but they lock her up. Regardless, they lock her up for assaulting him. I think for murder. Does he uh, Does he die? Uh, I don't think he dies. I think it's just assault. I don't think we talk about whether it's assault or manslaughter. Um, but she gets caught because she can't find her car. So something is happening with these women and we don't know what. And now Nick is kind of like, hmm. I feel sad so for two women now. Nick takes uh, Bernice out on the town. Yeah, well, they're they're questioning Bernice, and Genki's getting a little riled up, probably because he's been up for like thirty eight hours or something. Like this poor guy just needs to go home. And so Nick is like, you know what? You go home. It's fine. I'll take Bernice, and I'll take her home by way of the Raven. Right, but because he doesn't. He he kind of like leads her when he's talking to her. Yeah, I think. But in retrospect, it seems like he was trying to observe her for a while just to see if he could catch what, what's going on with these women. Yeah. Because of these three women, two of them have snapped. Yeah. Well, Agnes didn't really snap. She responded appropriately to physical assault. <laughs> but yeah. it, for the plot of the episode, she... She suddenly snapped. Yes. And so I think at, at when we were watching the episode, I was like, why is he like so fixated on her? But thinking back about it now, it's like, okay, his, this is his way of observing her without having to like talk to a bunch of people and ask her, ask them about what Bernice. she's been up to. Yeah. What does she do in her free time? Yeah, because they're uh, not really investigating anything here. This isn't a case because we know who did everything that has happened. Right. There are no mysteries here. We're just the only mystery is what is happening to these women that they're doing right. this. The only thing Nick doesn't know is why did Norma Dean snap? Right. And so she he kind of asks her some leading questions about going home for the night and she says she doesn't want to be alone she just needs to go somewhere safe to unwind and he's like oh well do you do you have a place that you can think of that yeah where can i take you i'll, I'll take and you anywhere, anywhere you want to go we cut into the raven the raven i mean it's a nightclub it's people a night go club. there it's a it's a happening, trendy nightclub. There are chains hanging from the ceiling. Sometimes there's garlands hanging from the ceiling. It's got a lot going on. And interspersed in all of this, Nick goes to the coroner's office. And this is where Natalie shows him Norma Dean's body. Because Norma Dean is old now. And Natalie has confirmed that this is still Norma Dean. This and isn't she's some got some weird stuff in her blood. This is some weird stuff. She's got a some kind of virus that's already dead. And Nick's that's like, been extinct. Yeah. Nick's we we like, find out like the next later scene. Yeah. And Nick's like, you mean like a vaccine? Like it was injected already dead? And she's like, oh, a vaccine. Right. And then she's like, so um, is this vampire related? And he's like, no. 
This happens all no, the time. No, vampires disappear when they die. He's like, vampires disappear when they die. I don't know what humans do when they die. Don't you guys, like, turn to goo or something? I don't know. Like, is this a natural Back process? Back to the earth. He's like, like I don't know. He's like, I I have never had anything like this happen before. I don't, I don't have any experience in this. And she's like, okay, well, I don't know. Shit's happening. And this woman had a social security check in her pocket. Her social security check in her pocket. And when I put her in this bag, she was in her 20s. And now she's old. So I don't know where to go from here, Nick. And it's like, I know where to go. I'm going to the Raven. <laughs> Which he doesn't ask Jeanette about it. He doesn't ask Jeanette about it. He just goes and That's watches Bernice point. dance. Bernice is dancing to a different rhythm music than everybody else, but she's living her best life. So you know what, girl? Do yeah. it. She's Fine. working it out. She's, she's working shaking it, out. it off. And Nick is watching her rather wistfully. And Jeanette shows up, which, ah. Oh, Jeanette. Season one, Jeanette, is whoever styled her in season one did such a good job. Her hair is so cute. I wish my hair would cooperate in this manner and I could have that shoulder length bob that she has. It's so cute. And she's got this strappy black dress on and it's just a really sweet moment kind of overall because Nick is watching this woman who's just lost two of her friends. And she's dancing, and he's like, oh, don't you envy them? Don't you envy them their passion? And Jeanette's like, yeah, for like the 10 years they have it, and then it's fucking gone. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, they dance like Father Bullet. Father Time is shooting bullets at their feet. She goes, which I suppose he is. Yep. And she has this really poignant line because he says, don't, you know, I, I envy them their enthusiasm. And she goes, yeah, but their enthusiasm will fade as each next generation cuts in on their dance. She has a strange way of coping with tragedy. <laughs> we could outlast her any century. Are you so sure of that? Mm. Feeling our age, are we? <laughs> well, sometimes it's difficult not to. Relax. Your midlife crisis is at least a millennium away. You know, someone should really bottle this. Youthful vitality. <laughs> it's not vitality. It's desperation. Look at them. They all dance as if Father Time were shooting bullets at their feet. Which, I suppose, he is. <laughs> Are you sure you're not just a little envious? Sure. You still have your youth. But they have enthusiasm. <laughs> Their enthusiasm will fade soon enough, Nicola. As they watch each younger generation arrive to cut in on their Turn their possessions into artifacts and store their pictures in dusty attics. You're like, wow, Jeanette, you thought about that a lot. Jeanette has given that due consideration mm -hmm. because that line did not come out of nowhere. Right. But she's around young people, like this rotating cast of newer young people, like every year yeah. coming into her club. And Nick's like, that was really hot. So they make out a little bit. 
But then she breaks it off. Yeah. And he just like leaves his mouth open next to her chin for a moment. <laughs> well, just in case you want to turn back around, get started right where they left off. Yep. He's ready. They do talk about Bernice just like a teensy little bit because he asks if she's a regular. And she says, yeah, her and some of her friends come in. She gives him free cover and free drinks because it doesn't hurt to have hot young women at the club. Which is just reinforcing this theme of it's good to be hot. Hot and young. That's what we need to be for this entire episode. And all of this is passing Nick by. He's like, yeah, young, mm -hmm. human, nice. But all the women in the episode, and including in our flashback, which are about to go back and have another flashback, which Nick is having this conversation with this Baroness, which is an objectively extremely uncomfortable conversation because it's just the Baroness who's like, do you think I'm still pretty? And he's like, yeah, of course. You're hot. You're fine. Yeah, I'm here, aren't I? Like, okay, sure. Um, she's really trying. She, this is a lot of emotional bids. She's giving. Well, uh, one of the things I picked up on when the Baroness is, uh, you know, making an emotional bid to Nick yeah. for affirmation about her physical appearance. Yes. And he's like, oh, well, it's it's ungentlemanly to be so coarse as to. Uh, only tell a woman she's beautiful because beauty is fleeting. I'll I'll admire some of her other more her less permanent fleeting qualities. attributes. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. As reassurance, like boost her up. Like, yeah, she's like help help her feel better. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, you're doing this wrong. I know. She's like, I don't want you to tell me I'm. I don't want you to tell me I'm smart. I want you to tell me my tits are nice. That's what I'm going for here. Can we stay shallow? Stay shallow with me, Nick. And he's just not getting it. And then he's, she's like, look, I've already been replaced. They're like looking in the ballroom and the Baron has a young woman. And she's like, oh, this one's even younger than the last. And Nick's like, yeah, but he's really discreet. At least he's discreet about He's discreet it. with his affairs. And she's like, it's not, it's not he's like, um, you're also wealthy. You could also take a lover if you wanted. And once again, Nick. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I'm trying to say, Nick. Stay with me. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's cheating on you. But you could cheat on him and that'd be fine. Nobody would care. And she's like, um, okay, yeah. So um, I know you're a vampire and you can make me young forever. And I want you to make me young forever. And Nick is like, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to hard pass on that one. Um, you don't know what you're asking, which I tell everybody and they don't believe me, but I'm fucking telling the truth. You don't know what you're asking. And, you know, um, I don't really know what we're talking about here because this is really uncomfortable and you're just insulting yourself over and over again. And I've been trying to help you and you're really not listening to me. So I don't know where to go from here. And she's like, well, if you're not going to turn me into a vampire, then I want you to be my lover. And he's, and he's like, like uh, you know what, uh, actually. And uh, then right at this moment that... <laughs> conveniently <laughs> conveniently where he's been trying to reassure her about her whatever uh a young woman comes up oh nicholas about, about your, your invitation, invitation for a walk and she's like i'm making a face the, the, the fuck nick the what the fuck face the like well honestly i think nick walked out on this little patio to have a moment and she followed him out there and she was literally just like do you think i'm still pretty Tell me I'm pretty. Nick. Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> Tell me. And Nick you want was like, me. "Oh, okay, yeah, you're not, you're fine, yeah." Because she's like, uh, "Do you? What do you like most about my parties? Do you like the, you know, the, 
the guest or the, the smell of the blood or whatever. And he's like, uh, which, okay, again, here he could have played that off. She's literally right, talking to him. He, he's like smiling and leaning on her and he's got this like jaunty expression and so a lot of blush on. That's probably part of why he looks useful. He has a lot of blush in this scene. And she's like, or do you enjoy the smell of the blood of my guests? And he's and he like, like <gasps> stands up really moodily. <laughs> He could have been like, oh, what? What? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Is somebody bleeding? He he needs to practice this. He needs, like, he needs to do some, like, role play with Jeanette and be like, okay, Jeanette. Okay. Okay. All right. I need need to get my reactions under control. You are playing the role of the young woman who has just figured out what I am. Okay. Okay. Now, make make some accusatory statements about about my condition. Okay. And I'm going to just... Play it off calmly, like right, like like an average human. Maybe they did, and that's why they got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe she worked with him for like fifty years on yeah, that. Yeah, and she was and like, like, you know what? Never mind. I can't just, do this anymore. Just Nick. kill them. Just kill them. Okay, if they guess what you are, just annihilate them and move on. Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> why is this so why hard? Are you so dense? <laughs> Get this through your thick skull, Nicola. <laughs> Uh, but Nick, um, he must stay with Bernice the entire time because then he takes her home and she gets kind of a sweet line about like, it's really hard when you're the one that's left behind. Especially when you're the one that's being left behind. That's the hard part, isn't it? Being left behind. And Nick's like, <laughs> almost like he's saying, she's saying it from experience. She's like, Nick's like, oh my God, tell me about it. That's the worst. Yep. And, and then Nick makes a classic mistake. He doesn't wait for her to get in her house. When you drop somebody off, you always wait for them to have the door open. Yep. And then they wave, go inside, lock the door, you drive off. Well, she drops her keys in a storm grate. Why is there a storm grate directly outside of her door? I feel like that would suck. Do you know how many keys and pens and shit I would lose <sighs> down a storm grate? One time Matt dropped a pen in an elevator. And it fell straight down and went in the hole between the the floor and the elevator car. <laughs> it was like his only pencil. I think we were on the way to class. <laughs> he was and like, I was like, pencil. all right, I'm prepared. I have a notebook and a pencil. A notebook and a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> and whoop. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not that I really took notes anyway. But. Now you couldn't. You didn't have a pencil. <laughs> but that's what happens to Bernice's keys. And she's like, well, shit. Oh, I know how to get in. She just pulls a gun out of her purse and shoots the door. <laughs> which is kind of a plot twist. Mm, which means Bernice is also affected by this, which we kind of saw in the car when Nick was trying to talk to her. But instead of hurting anybody, she just harms her door. So... Good job, Bernice, redirecting that energy. To help you solve your problems. Yeah. And even Natalie has noticed that Nick is um, uncommonly interested in this case. I mean, Nick invests case. Invests. Investigate. My God, that was really hard. Nick investigates cases. He does. When they're interesting. When they're not interesting, he could give less of a shit. And he is investigating this not case far harder than he has investigated X 
actually, we've gone whole episodes without actually investigating the case we're supposed to be investigating. This isn't even a case, and we spent the entire episode on it. And Natalie has noticed. And so she comes in to talk to him about it because she's like, look, I figured it out. This virus is from an extinct version of the flu that literally the... From 200 years from like ago. at least 200 years ago. Which means... So, Nick, I'm telling you, this is vampire in origin. Interesting conclusion from that is that means if you catch a virus and you get over it, right? The A lot of viruses, uh, retroviruses will stay in your body forever. Mm-hmm. But even after you turn into a vampire, the dead viruses stay in your blood. Yeah. So vampires aren't really immune to viruses. It also means if we ever accidentally exhume some old virus and it starts killing people, we know where we can get the dead versions. Hey. Hey. Calling all vampires. We need to make a vaccine. <laughs> Please come and turn your blood immediately. This reminded me of that arc in Being Human, the American version, where the one character wakes up after being buried for a year and there was just a common flu that went around, but it turned out to be like horrifically deadly to vampires. And so vampires are almost extinct, but nobody knows it because they're like a hidden species anyway. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? And then it's really hard to find people to feed off of because you don't know who had the flu because it was just oh, like a cold. that's right. Yeah. And so nobody remembers because it was like a whatever, the flu. Oh, that was a really interesting story arc. Anyway, being human, all versions of being human. Great. Go ahead. Go watch them. But Natalie is like, Nick. Please, can we have the discussion about how this shit is not normal? And Nick is like, I get that it's not normal, but I don't know what it is, Natalie. If she was bitten by a vampire, she wouldn't be alive, unless being a zombie is your definition of being alive. And if she was a vampire, she wouldn't be dead. And she's like, well, I mean, we only know about vampires, so it's probably vampire, right? And he's well, like, he says something about, in their conversation, say something about, oh, okay, so maybe it was... It's this extinct dead virus. Uh, it was maybe it was injected after it was dead, like a vaccine. Yeah, right. Which means there's a natural explanation, a scientific explanation, rather than a supernatural explanation. Yeah. And then Natalie comes back and like, it's fucking new supernatural, Nick. This isn't. <laughs> She's like, can we talk about how this is supernatural? And he's like, okay, well, let's break down the possibilities, Natalie. It's like she can't have been bit by a vampire because that would have either killed her or turned her into a zombie, which. If it didn't turn her into a vampire. Which first and last. That's the only time we're going to mention it. Hope everybody the, the enjoyed. The only time we mention zombies. Only time we mention zombies. As uh, a subspecies of vampire. As a, if you bite people and don't finish them. It's a workaround. For like, well, why can't you be the kind of vampire that only takes a little? Well, because they turn into zombies, obviously. And Unless you drain some of their blood into a container sh- and then drink it nope, out of the it container. it has transitive properties. You can't. It, it nip- goes back. Yep. Yep. It back it backflows. <laughs> it's <a laughs> thaumaturgical link back to the source of the blood. Nope. We're not. That's too deep. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going there. Thaumaturgy is not on on the table for today. Um, so he's like, well, she can't just been bit by a vampire. 
because of the following reasons. And she can't be a vampire because then she wouldn't be dead. Because I can't, I've been shot like six times this fucking week and I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. She can't be a vampire. And Natalie's like, maybe she's something else. And he's like, yeah, something else that I haven't encountered in 800 years and several continents. He doesn't say all of them. He's just like a couple. I went between. I've been on a couple continents. <laughs> I've been between Natalie. here and Europe and, and I ain't seen shit. Okay. I've been to Europe. In North America. <laughs> I've seen it all. <laughs> I've seen everything. Literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in the Eastern Hemisphere. A covered. Okay. Upper part of the Eastern Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> Northeastern Hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, Northern Hemisphere, like three quarters of it. I got it. Yeah. Which, to be fair to him, travel was extremely difficult up until about 100 years ago. Especially if you burst into flames in the sunlight. Although he was on the Titanic. But we'll talk about that later. What? <laughs> this is the first I've heard. That. <laughs> I'm telling you, Nick has his finger on the pulse of history, even when it comes to disasters. <laughs> there was there was one book I read where I liked their the way they handled like, oh, here's this guy that's like 400 years old. Yeah, and. Anytime someone found out how old he is, they'd be like, oh, did you know this person? He's like, no. No, I I lived in like this like, a uh, like <laughs> a 50 mile radius of this place in England yeah. for like 300 years. It reminds me of that movie we watched, um, Man from Earth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a movie called Man from Earth and it's just like a low it's budget like an elevator, elevator movie. It's a thought experiment. It's a bunch of people sitting in a room. And one of the people are like, well, say I was 10,000 years old. How could you prove me wrong? And so we have this long discussion about like, well, did you know this person? Did you know that person? Well, where are you from? And it's fascinating movie, a fascinating movie. Really yeah. good. All dialogue. Great if you want to sit and really listen to something. Hard to find, though. Um, but Agnes is calling for Dr. Back to the episode. <laughs> We had a flashback. Well, <laughs> we had like a flash sideways. Well, the conclusion of the tangent is the realistic scenario, if you have an immortal slash really old person, most likely they never met whatever historical figure you're talking about. But there's a non-zero chance that they did. And right, let like me in, tell you, Nick has book, pretty fucking good odds. <laughs> in this book that I read, yeah, uh, he was at, at one point, he was like, well... I did know Shakespeare. We hung out for a little bit. But that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, most people would be shoveling shit for the revolution, but Nick, never. Never. No. Nope. Pulse of history, Nick's right there all the time. Which is appropriate for a vampire. Yeah. On the pulse. <laughs> On the pulse, exactly. <laughs> we just meet everybody. You wait. Season two when we really get to the who's who. All right. So Nick heads to lockup because that's where Agnes is. And she's been calling for a doctor. And they've sent her the prison doctor. But she doesn't want the prison doctor. She wants her doctor. She needs her treatment. She needs her Dr. Jurgen, who has her medicine. But apparently this Dr. Jurgen is a plastic surgeon. So Natalie and Nick go to the spa because that's where Dr. Jurgen's practice is. And Nick says, shall we spread out? And Natalie's like, I don't think we should use that phrase here. You think Norma Dean was a patient, too? Well, hopefully we'll find out soon. So, shall we spread out? I wouldn't use that expression in here if I were you. 
judgy, Natalie. <laughs> um, and Bernice is at the spa, but she's kind of having um, a She has now. the lights off. She, she won't let anybody yeah, look at she her. She doesn't want, because she doesn't feel pretty and she can't get her makeup right. And she's spent all this time focusing on her looks and her physical beauty. And she's really reaching a point where she's, that is in crisis. Right. And she's, so she's in crisis. She's make, coming to the conclusion that it's not worth all of this work. Yeah. This is uh, us confronting the idea of becoming a vampire to be young forever. If you become a vampire to be young forever, is it worth it? What does it cost to stay young and beautiful forever? Mentally and emotionally. What is the toll of that? Because the human psyche, the human process of development is to move through that past it and onto other things. And so if you're stuck in that moment of physical beauty forever, and that becomes your entire life, where does that leave you? What does that make you? And that's the question that everyone but Nick is pondering in this entire episode. Nick's just like, I wonder what's happening with all these people. They <laughs> 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 really upset all the time. He's like, Bernice, what's wrong? You're fine. Stop it. Like, you're okay. You're fine. Nick's like, he's a bro. He's like, you're fine. You don't need to be doing this with the makeup. You were beautiful already. Don't. Except when he looks at his face, her face, he's like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Which, Nick. Cool. Not the Just moment, in man. Yet another context where Nick, dude. Dude. Chill. Be like, Bernice, you are already beautiful. Hey, that's a good line. Not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can see she's having trouble, Nick. Don't no, don't focus on your reaction to yeah, her. Yeah. Focus on what can I do to help you to make this situation a little better. Yeah. A little less traumatic. A little kinder. <laughs> Not what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're right to be upset about your appearance. Jeez. <laughs> And it's so dramatic. It sends him into a flashback. He's just like, <laughs> just wiped back into the past. Right, which only traumatizes her even more. Nick? Nick? <laughs> I know. What? You know, he's staring at her. He asks her that question, and his eyes just drift off to the side, and he gets this real glazed look for like five Oh, my God. Minutes. Not you, too, Nick. Because <laughs> he's remembering his last encounter with the Baroness, because he came back from his walk with this beautiful young thing that he probably killed. Let's all be realistic here. That's why he asked her on a walk. I don't know why the Baroness is mad about this. And he comes back, and the Baroness is like, hello, Nick. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And she's like, don't worry. I've already, I'm good now. We're not going to have to talk about that anymore. And then Jeanette shows up, which Jeanette is in this for like five seconds. But holy shit, did they put effort into her outfit? Like mm -hmm. they didn't have to go that hard for us, but they did. And I just want to say thank you again to everyone who, who worked <laughs> on Jeanette's wardrobe. Because she's like, only a woman could understand the plight of a woman. Because Jeanette has been trapped in this moment of eternal beauty and eternal youth for the last... Jeanette's like a thousand, so she's far right, older that, than that. It's probably the same pitch LaCroix gave Jeanette. Yeah. Don't you want to be young and beautiful forever? Actually, he pitched it as, don't you want to go kill all of the men oh, who right, hurt right. you? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, you want to have... I, don't you want to have power over all the men who've punished you over the years? That yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you want to rip off their dicks and shove it down their face? It, it was and a revenge. Jeanette was like, "Fuck yes, I do." Jeanette, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't about beauty; it was about power. Right. The which I think, sexy forever was just a perk. And we're back at lockup, and it's Agnes. And luckily, the 
the guard is like, don't worry, your doctor's here. uh, Yeah. She's finally come. Nick had said he was going to try to find Dr. Jurgen. Yeah. He has not found her yet. But in this scene, oh, your doctor's here. Yeah. And in walks a woman. And it's the Baroness. (gasps) The Baroness. Ba-bum-bum. And Bernice has kind of a moment where she's, we see her. Nobody's with her. She's just, she's been yelling at, you know, she's broken her mirror and she's just upset. She says she's just tired. She's tired of trying so hard. And Nick gets a call that Agnes has escaped. Locker. And so Natalie volunteers to stay with Bernice, make sure everything is okay. While Nick goes to figure out what happened with Agnes. Right. And then we get this set up for someone to mock Skanky later. Yes, because Skanky is mocking this guard. Well, I don't know. Maybe a wind blew the door open because the guard cannot remember how Agnes got out. She was in there. You closed the door. You turned around. She was gone. Yeah. He's like, there's some kind of computation error here. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And so Nick shows up and he just walks in and he goes, another. (laughs) There is another. There is vampire. vampire. (laughs) (laughs) He he can smell it. (laughs) Yeah, he can. And he turns around and he just locks eyes with the guards. And he's like, did somebody come and get her? And the guard's like, yeah, her doctor was here. It's like, oh, okay. Did she ask you to let her out? He was like, yeah. She said, unlock the door and let her out. And then forget everything. And so I did. And Skanky's like, Skanky makes no fucking comment. Skanky knows what's up. None. He is just like, I knew Nick would solve this when he got here. (laughs) (laughs) Which Skanky may not know that Nick is a vampire. Yes. But he knows. Yes. I don't think Skanky knows. That Skanky knows. Yes. Nick is Something. Immortal, or at least very, very old, very, very hard to kill, and has mind control powers. Yeah, he knows, I think, he knows something. He doesn't know exactly what's up with Nick, but he has accepted Nick at face value. So everything that Nick does, he's just like, okay, well, he solved that problem. And we're moving forward, so that's yeah. what matters. And so they're driving to go get, to go, get Natalie and... You know, try to find Dr. Jurgen. <laughs> Nick is just like, you know what, actually, Skanky? I think I need to do this alone. <laughs> Sprint out of the car. <laughs> so he parks and, the car. Oh, sh- and Skanky's just like. <laughs> I can't believe how often he does this to me. Amazing. Creep. I can't believe how often he does this to me because <laughs> he's just sitting in the car. Literally, Nick pulled off on the side of the road and was like, Skanky, I got to go somewhere and I got to do this alone. He just got out the door. Did he even run off before he started flying away or did he, he just fly we, out? We of saw the... him. Oh, yeah. Like, he ran around right, the corner. Right around a corner. Yeah. And then he's on a <laughs> road that conveniently has no cars on. <laughs> Skanky's just like, oh. Skanky calls him a creep. He goes, oh, creep. I mean, maybe he's a little, it's, you know, he whooshes anyway and leaves getting skanky behind to go to where Nick is going anywhere. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Maybe Nick just wants to get there. there. I'll meet you there. No, you'll meet me there. And he doesn't in any way attempt to obscure 
obfuscate the fact that he doesn't have he doesn't actually have transportation he just ran off he was literally like um there's a thing i gotta go do i'll be back i'll be back bye later and he just runs around and leaves uh and so we're back at the spa because the baroness is getting ready to give agnes her quote medicine so she pulls this vial out of the freezer and she pulls a syringe out and everything is clear the vial is clear the syringe is clear but agnes has never questioned the fact that clearly the stuff in the syringe because she just goes past the syringe and sticks the needle in her arm and pulls draws out her own draws blood. blood into the syringe which is not clear so agnes has never nobody's ever questioned this before like hey it really looks like you're injecting me with blood every time you do that and she's like oh yeah weird it just changes color it's like an oxidation there's, thing yeah there's a uh there's some s- stuff inside of the syringe and when the clear liquid from the vial goes into the syringe there's a chemical reaction i it's, i don't want to go over your head you know, it's thaumaturgy you know it's pretty it's, <laughs> it's magic it's organic chemistry you wouldn't understand you're not a plastic surgeon which they say she's not a doctor she's a plastic she's surgeon. not a medical doctor she's, she's not a, a medical doctor surgeon. she's a plastic surgeon <laughs> which, which uh, that would be horrific imagine if you went to get plastic surgery and they're like well actually i'm not a medical doctor i got this on um with mail, like mail in. I'm not an MD. I'm a PS. <laughs> <laughs> a BS. So Nick has arrived at the spa, and Natalie almost gets caught. And um, Doctor Jurgen, she just says somebody's here, and we don't know if it's we Natalie she's talking about or what. And so they leave, and for some reason they go to the pool. I don't know. I think they're just. I think it's just the way out, or they're taking like a back way out of some kind. Yeah, I think they take a side door because to- Nick shows yeah. up. And they have a moral showdown. We don't actually fight, but we emotionally duke it out. Because Nick's like, hey, um, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I'm. you wouldn't understand. You're a dude. This is the better option from the option that I had. Right. She's like, what we, you and I did, I now consider that a last resort. This way, they get to be young forever, but they don't get to be cold. They don't have to turn cold. And they, they can still go out in the they sun. They can go out in the sunlight and be normal people or whatever. And Nick's like, yeah, I could tell by the way all, they were murdering everybody. All the pros, none of the cons. Yeah. Ah, the psychological trauma, whatever. Whatever. And Nick is like, I don't get it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, he says, you know what? You can't make me feel good. For the first time in his entire life, he's like, this is not my fucking fault. Right. I didn't Again, do this. First and last time. First and last. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's I do like, not feel guilty about because this. Because she says, assuage your guilt somewhere else, Nicholas. Because you're just like every other dude bro that I have ever come across in the last 300 years that I've been a vampire. And... You would spurn Athena for Venus. Then what exactly are they? What exactly have you done to them? I said go. Your treatment is brilliant, Doctor. And it's miraculous how your patients haven't led this cursed existence of ours. Assuage your guilt some other way, Nicholas. Your guilt on behalf of yourself. And all men who have ever spurned Athena in their quest for Venus. You're blaming me for what you are? For the tragic resolution for a mortal lifetime of vanity. Which is Matt was like, well, that's the deepest line in the entire show so far. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick is like, mm-mm-mm. 
you made this choice. I told you no, and I told you why. And I was right, wasn't I? And just at that moment, Natalie shows up. And Nick literally goes, Natalie, no. (laughs) Stop. Don't stop. Natalie, no. (laughs) (laughs) But he flies over there because the Baroness is like. (laughs) Well, no, she flies over and grabs Natalie and puts the syringe against her throat. Oh, yeah. And Nick's like, oh, no. And so he flies over and he like hand crushes the syringe. Syringe, which is. Nick, Nick, why you got to be so dramatic? Could have just snapped the needle off the top. To blink and done so. But he like, I don't know. And it is, then he throws it in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me throw the glass, <laughs> broken glass in the water. <laughs> that will have z- the, the broken glass into the water with vampire blood on it. That will have zero negative consequences. What's that medicine where it's like one part in a million or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a oh, um, tiny, tiny doses. Um, homeopathy. Homeopathy. It's a homeopathy pool, but with um, homeopathic vampire blood. <laughs> it's hyper one... <laughs> hyper diluted vampire blood, which enhances the effects. Right. <laughs> um, and anyway, so Nick is apparently threatening her doctor. So Agnes has stepped in try to save even though they're clearly not human and they're doing not human shit but agnes is not in her right mind so she's going to hit nick over the head with a flower pot so skanky shoots her and kills her surprise surprise and she turns into an old lady and skanky's like what the hell and then we cut to the precinct and it's stone tree and a bunch of random npcs and they're all talking to skanky which they're talking to the camera but the camera is skanky and they're like what do you mean you can't remember who shot the old woman? And Skanky's like, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't, I just don't remember. And, right, so, and then the uh, the guard shows up. Must be a computation that error. That must be a computation error. And then, <laughs> then Skanky's like, do you think I like the... The, the thought of the, early onset uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they cut over. This is so sweet with like Nick and Natalie leaning on the door, like leaning on the windowsill. And Natalie's like, he can't remember. He just can't remember. They're watching a well-executed prank. Yes, because this is Nick absolutely fucking with Skanky. (laughs) Because he erased his memory and didn't give him an alternate one. And Natalie's like, I'm not criticizing you. But don't you think you could have been a little more thorough and planting like a a suggestion? And Nick's like, yeah, I could have. Maybe I will later. And maybe eventually um, I will. (laughs) This is what I mean. This... At least for Nick, this is an extremely playful episode. And then we wrap up with him seeing Bernice. And Bernice is old. She's finally caught up. And she's living her best life. She's stopped trying to be young forever. And she's just accepted who she is. And so she's happy. And she's no longer crying on the floor trying to put on lipstick. And so they have a definitely not metaphorical conversation about how there's a chill in the air because winter is coming. But winter can be a beautiful season, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because winter, of course, is always synonymous with death, the aging and the end of life or the end of the year. Uh, end of, you know, your, your final season. Let's put it that way. But overall, Nick is quite jovial for huge sections of this. And it's it makes it a very – it's a good episode. It was a nice episode after Feeding the Beast. Because Feeding the Beast was so heavy, theme-wise. Especially for Nick. 
Mm-hmm. But this episode doesn't feel like it's about Nick. It feels like it's about these women's journey. These three women. Right. And Nick just happens to be there. Yeah. And Nick is the one who is leading us through it because he can't let it go. Luckily, because he ends up um, giving the Baroness a glimpse at what she's actually doing to these women. Right. Because she thinks she's just giving these women, you know, extra youth. Yeah. And she hasn't seen any negative consequences yet. Yeah. But Nick teaches her a little lesson. You said youth the way you said it. All I could think was, I am allergic to youth. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so that's oh, a Marla. Marla the Ancient One and a Yoda impression all in one podcast. So I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap this up. We are narrowing in on the finale of season one, which I will say. Remember how sometimes they would have cliffhangers at the end of episode, at the end of seasons mm-hmm. to get you to come back? Garvin Knight doesn't do that. So we're not going to get a good part one, part two to be continued, really. I think there's only one episode that has to be continued in it. Um, but So it doesn't really feel like the end of a season. But there was a large hiatus between season one and season two. So we're going to get a big jump and quite a few changes. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to experiencing that with you because you've never experienced it before. Nope. And you've been living in season one forever night for so long. It's going to feel different when we go to season two. So I'm excited. Uh, we have a pod. Uh, we do have a podcast. That's true. We're on it right now. You're listening to it. Surprise. Congr- Surprise. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but we also have an Instagram, um, which has a hundred and like six followers now. I know. My God. I was expecting us to go to 100 and then be like 99, 98, 99, 98, 99, 100, 99. Because that's usually what happens to me. Because bots come on, they drop off, you know. Especially if you use generic hashtags. That's how they find you. Uh, But no, we're doing pretty good. We're, We're holding steady and moving up. So that's good. And we're up to 24 followers on Spotify. So if you haven't followed us somewhere, go ahead, follow us, like us, give us five stars, drop a review, all of that helps. I don't ask often. I don't ask for much, guys. <laughs> so, folks. Uh, so You don't ask them for much. <laughs> hey, Matt, can you build me a, a recording studio? It like needs I to be had, soundproof. Like I had to twist your arm. <laughs> can you go to Lowe's and spend money? Aww. Okay. <laughs> You're like, Nick, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll go right now. Now, Matt, can you put up some window and door trim? Yeah. Ugh. I know. All right. We're looking for five Patreons. That's this month's goal. We've gotten a Patreon per month. <laughs> so we're up to four. We got three right at the beginning. And then we got one. It was you and Ryan and Rachel. And now we have yeah. you, Ryan, Rachel, and Meg. I want to get to a point where I can't name every single Patreon by name. But it, at right just now. Just off the top of your just head. Just off the top of my head. But right now, we're still there. So if you want me to know your first name too, go ahead. Go join the Patreon. You can do it. Buy us a coffee every month. E- even if you just want Rachel to know your nickname. <laughs> it's fine too. <laughs> anyway, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just trying to build community. It really helps. The more people we have participating kindly participating with each other the greater and more fun the community becomes the discord's been pretty lively lately yeah we're having a ton of fun ryan's still at work sorry ryan we miss you 
but Meg's having a great time. Yeah. You too could have Hunting my almost undivided Nick's Cadillac. Guys, it folks, it turns out I have lived less than an hour from the Cadillac from Forever Night for my entire life and didn't know it. And I don't know where to put that information. I'm still processing it. Just throwing it out in the universe. <sighs> so, you know what? I'm going to leave you all with that thought. What thing that you love isn't as far away as you thought it was? <laughs> so remember, sometimes <laughs> your dreams are only an hour away for your whole life. <laughs> so be who you are and love what you love. And read the Caddy Wax website way sooner. <laughs> Until Cat, next Caddy Wax? Yeah, Caddy Wax is the faction of fans that were fans of Nick's Caddy oh, okay. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>